hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Coaching with Karen. Today is Saturday, the day before Mother's Day, and I'm looking out my window right now and it is a snowstorm outside. Welcome to Rochester, New York. I feel like the world is going crazy and everything is spiraling out of control. I mean, the pandemic, the weather has been super weird. I don't know. So anyway, I want to talk to you about stress and people around you. Let's just dive right in. Oh, wait a minute. Before I begin, I want to say something. Um, on the 17th is Self-Love Day. And my daughter, Lindsay, is hosting this wonderful self-love day, which was supposed to be at a place in person with people and vendors and whatnot. But because of everything, she has turned it into a virtual um, self-love day, yoga, workshops, presenters. It'll be nice. So get on to my page and you can get onto her page, but it's Lindsay Meese and she, it's lindsaymeese.com. M-E-A-S-E, and you can check out all of her yoga events. She's doing virtual yoga events now. I just did one, just finished a virtual yoga class in my living room. It's been great. Um, But that is on the 17th, and it's one day. So go and check out that. Then on the 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st, I'm doing a four-day Embrace Your Power virtual training. So me and three other coaches three other amazing coaches are going to be speaking on topics around Embrace Your Power. You don't want to miss that. Um, that is free and you just go to my page and you can see the events and or the topics and the days and times. So I'm super excited about that. I hope that you will join us for all of these things. Okay, back to the podcast. So stress and people around you. Although people and situations do contribute to stress, the events that affect people from the outside are beyond their control, right? Like, for example, your parents become ill and they move in with you. Or you have a new boss that is making your life miserable. Or you have financial burdens. These are situations that contribute to our stress and they are outside of our control. It's like the circumstance. It's too easy to blame stress on other people or situations that the individuals cannot control. It is more effective to learn to manage, quote unquote, stress than to simply reduce stress. Does that make sense? And we're all good at coping and reducing stress, but we need to manage it. Sure, you can reduce stress briefly by taking a vacation or just by pulling the covers back over your head in the morning. However, the vacation will not last forever And eventually you'll need to return to the world to face all of the things that you wanted to escape from. So instead of hoping that the stress will disappear, try to remember that stress will always be part of life. Success and happiness will depend on how well you cope with or manage the stress. Sound good? Identifying stressful situations is actually good news. That means that you have taken the first step in managing your stress. You did not create the stress by looking for it. You only found what was already there. When you realize what causes your stress and begin to understand why it is stressful, 
you can work to manage the stress more successfully. You need to commit to the change. That's super important. It takes time and energy to make change happen. For many people, the most difficult part of learning to manage stress is finding the time. And that's everybody's complaint. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. It may seem that time pressure is one of the main causes of stress. So you have a problem and that's stressing you out. And then you, you have the pressure of you don't have enough time. There's just not enough time to accomplish what life demands. When people feel overwhelmed, it is difficult to begin. How can you find the additional time necessary to learn to manage stress? Do you have any idea at all how you could do this? This attitude misses the point. Many people spend more time, energy, and money on their cars than they do on themselves or on going to the hair salon or buying things for their house. They do all of that, spend all of that time and money rather than spend it on themselves. They are more likely to take the time to change the oil in the car than to take a few minutes and stop and give themselves a break. But just like a car, if people do not take care of themselves, they will not function as well and will eventually break down. Taking the time is good preventative maintenance, right? I mean, we do it for our cars. Why don't we do it for ourselves? We do it for a lot of things in our lives. Everything else is always more important if you think about it. We, we don't make ourselves a priority. <clears throat> so there's many techniques. Many techniques can help stress management. No one technique is best for everybody, so just keep that in mind. I know there's lots of people like, well, I don't like yoga, or I can't run. I don't have, you know, um, like enough stamina to do that. I don't like reading. Each person must decide what will work best for him or her. It is not helpful to recommend exercise for someone who hates physical activity. And it is difficult for someone to meditate if they hate to sit still. All stress management techniques are simply tools. Just because someone has learned stress management techniques, he or she will need to take themselves out of the stress management toolbox and put them to work. So you are specific, you are unique, and so will your stress management technique be. And remember, no technique will make all stress go away. People should not be afraid to try different things before deciding what is best for them. Once you have found some strategies, you need to commit to practicing them. And that's the hardest part. Make it a priority and commit to doing it. Now, the stressor won't change. People. Let's look at people. We are going to identify these people as stress-inducing individuals. How many of us know one of those? One of the reasons we tend to continue relationships is because we feel obligated. We feel that there is a history, maybe, and that it's hard to just walk away from it. It can be very hard to to completely cut someone out of your life. And that's something that will happen in the most extreme circumstances. But for the most part, it's just so hard to do. First of all, determine how much stress you are allowing this person to put in your life. 
At this point, you need to look in the mirror and realize that you need to take some responsibility for how you are allowing this person to make you feel, okay? I mean, really look in the mirror. Don't expect this person to change. When talking to them, be careful with how you talk to them. For example, when X, Y, and Z happens, it makes me feel like ABC. Don't say, you make me feel like blah, blah, blah. Okay, clearly define the relationship within yourself and with the other person. This might mean you need to sit down with them and talk about the struggles you're having in the relationship. Hard conversations are the worst for people. They just can't seem to do it. Repeat after me. I have stopped giving you permission to produce stress in my life. Okay, let's say it again. I have stopped giving you permission to produce stress in my life. How does that feel? I think it feels great. All right, other stressors. Financial. Two of the most common effects of financial stress are anxiety and depression. Not surprised. The stress of having too much credit card debt, college loan payments, medical bills, those things can weigh on a person and cause very severe anxiety and depression. Anxiety can manifest in many ways, but most people that suffer with it report panic, panic attacks where their chest feels like it's tightening, it becomes difficult to breathe, and it's often coupled with inescapable sense of impending doom. The idea that something terrible is happening, it's growing and it won't go away. Anxiety is mental as well as physical. Even if you aren't in the throes of a panic attack, you may still be experiencing racing and unwanted thoughts, profuse sweating, trembling, nausea, and rapid heartbeat. Some people may equate that to a heart attack. I've heard people say, my chest starts to tighten up and it feels like I'm having a heart attack. I mean, imagine that. That's just horrible. Now, we also can suffer with depression. Depression goes beyond general feelings of sadness and self-doubt. There is a wide array of physical and mental symptoms associated with depression that may include trouble sleeping, change in appetite, overeating or undereating, a lack of interest in favorite activities, risk-taking behavior, and we all know what that's about, and particularly dark thoughts. Depression could be caused by divorce or death of a loved one. And now the financial burden remains on you to support your household with only one income. Gosh, I mean, think about it. Depression should not be taken lightly. And yet it can be very unfortunate response to stress caused by personal and financial problems. It just compounds and compounds on top of each other. Stress is an inherent physiological response to a threat. Now we've heard that before. When you're extremely stressed, your body enters the fight or flight mode. Adrenaline, a hormone that increases heart rate, pulse, and blood pressure, races through your veins dur during a stress reaction. And you either want to utilize this adrenaline to fight through the current situation or take flight by running away or avoiding the situation as much as possible. Physical responses occur inside your body when you are stressed, regardless of the cause, and they can cause drastically 
affecting your body and lead to severe health issues, even if you're not aware of it. So the fight or flight response happens to us all the time. Pay attention to what your body is telling you. It is not healthy to be in this fight or flight mode all the time. Now, there's other stressors. Being a caregiver is one. There are 10 warning signs of stress. Denial about the disease and its effect on the person with the disease. Everyone is overreacting. I know my mom will get better. Or anger at the person with Alzheimer's disease. That's another thing that happens a lot. If Here's a quote. If he asks me that question once more, I will scream. Withdrawing socially, you no longer want to stay in touch with friends or participate in activities you once enjoyed is another warning sign. Or I don't care about getting together with friends anymore. These are all things that we say that are signs that we are in denial. Um, anxiety about facing another day and what the future holds. Saying things like, I'm worried about what will happen when I can no longer provide care. Depression, you feel sad and hopeless much of the time. Or you say, I don't care anymore. What is wrong with me? Or you say, I don't have the energy to do anything anymore. Exhaustion, you barely have the energy to complete your daily tasks. These are all warning signs. Sleeplessness. You wake up in the middle of the night or you have nightmares and stressful dreams. You say things like, I rarely sleep through the night and I don't feel refreshed in the morning. You have a lot of emotional reactions. That's another warning sign. You cry at minor upsets. You're often irritable. You might say, I, I cried when there was no milk for my coffee this morning. Then I yelled at my son. I mean, that kind of stuff is a huge warning sign. Like, that should not be happening. Lack of concentration. You have trouble focusing and you find it difficult to complete simple tasks or complex tasks. You say things like, I used to do that daily crossword. Now I'm lucky if I can solve half of it. Just think about it. Does any of this happen to you? Health problems are another warning sign. You may lose or gain weight. You might get sick more often. Or develop chronic health problems like backaches, high blood pressure, he, you know, headaches. You might say things like, since the spring, I have had either a cold or the flu. I just can't seem to shake them. Now, coworkers are another big stressor. Annoying coworkers will stress you out beyond belief. They can be inconsiderate, obnoxious, lazy, and flat out a nuisance for the entire office. Realize that you wind up spending 40 plus hours every week with these people, which makes things that much more stressful. The worst part is that these people somehow get promoted to supervisor roles and things like that. So you get to deal with them on a regular basis, which then equals chronic stress. So now we have different types of people. We have the rager, the rager. Unfortunately, some people have no idea how to talk to others and have very short fuses. They feel they have to yell to get their point across. Almost everything that comes from them is rude and belittling. That is the rager. How do we deal with them? I recommend just staying calm and refusing to get into a screaming match. As difficult 
as difficult as it sometimes seems, you have to be the bigger person and keep your composure. If the rager is having one of their moments, it's usually a good idea to just remove yourself from the situation, let them know you'll be glad to talk to them after they've calmed down. The hater, oh, we love the hater. You come to work and you do your job the best of your ability, but that one coworker always seems to hate on your accomplishments and pretty much everything you do. They don't think you deserve your position and give you rude looks every time you run into them. Oh my gosh, I know somebody exactly like that. Do you? How do you deal with them? Keep working hard and moving up. You'll have to come to the realization that some people just aren't going to like you. If they come around, great. If not, it's their loss. And you know what I always say, you could be the juiciest peach on the tree, but there's just always going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. All right, now there's the chronic complainer. Who doesn't know this person? Dropping complaints every now and then about some unnecessary changes corporate has made or having to work early on a Saturday is normal. But the chronic complainer never seems to have anything good to say about anything. They didn't get a raise that they deserved or that they thought they deserved. There's never enough parking. The office is always too cold or it's too hot. After a while, you just want to look at them and scream. If it's so bad, why don't you just quit? Oh my gosh, I feel like that a lot. How do you deal with it? Try to get them to look at the bright side of things. When you see them, bring up something positive so that they don't even have a chance to start complaining. I know what you're thinking. That is impossible, but you can do it. Just have a plan of what you're going to say before you even run into that person. Unfortunately, pro-chronic complainers are able to find negativity in just about anything. If it gets too bad, though, try to keep your distance so the negativity doesn't rub off on you. Okay, what can you do? So work stress. Everybody has it. You need to set boundaries for your interactions with coworkers who cause you stress. So setting boundaries is the first thing. Remain as unemotional as possible when dealing with your coworker. Take a break when you feel yourself becoming stressed. And here's a few other tips dealing with job stress. Make the most of workday breaks, okay? So even 10 minutes of personal time will refresh your mental outlook. Maybe you take a brief, brief walk or chat with co oh, coworker about a non-job topic or just simply sit quietly with your eyes closed and take a break. You know, go into an empty office maybe and shut the door. If you feel angry, you should walk away. Mentally regroup by counting to 10 or as Mel Robbins says, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Just interrupt that thought pattern. Then look at the situation again. Walking and other physical activities will also help you work off some steam, depending on how bad it is. But set reasonable standards for yourself and for others. Don't expect perfection because that will just add to your stress. Talk to your employer about your job description. Your responsibilities and performance criteria may not accurately reflect what you are doing. So all of those things will be super helpful in sort of reducing the stress. Now, personally, 
personal stress. Put your physical needs first. Eat nutritious meals. Don't give in to stress-driven urges for sweets or overindulge in alcohol. Get enough rest. If you have trouble sleeping at night, try napping during the day if you have a chance. Schedule regular medical checkups. That's something we don't do. Typically, we only go to the doctor if we're sick, um, but you should try to schedule them. Then you'll just feel better about you. Find time to exercise, even if it means you have to ask someone else to provide care while you work on yourself or you do a workout. If you experience symptoms of depression, extreme sadness, trouble concentrating, apathy, hopelessness, thoughts about death, then you need to talk to a medical professional. But if it's just the mild sadness every now and then, you really can work on that with working on yourself. You should always try to connect with friends. Isolation increases stress. Getting together regularly with friends and relatives can keep negative emotions at bay. And it just feels good to be with other people. And if you're one of those people that doesn't like to be with other people, then doing things by yourself that make you happy is also a good thing. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Make a list of things that you have to do and recruit others to pitch in. Even far away relatives and friends can manage certain tasks. It just makes you feel good that you're working together as a team. And you can call on community resources. Consider asking a geriatric care manager to coordinate all aspects of your loved one's care. Other service providers, including home health aides, homemakers, and home repair services can shoulder some of the many responsibilities of caregiving. So if you're a caregiver and you're just stressing about all the things you have to do, there are so many resources out there and volunteers. There are volunteers or staff-based, faith-based organizations or civic groups that might be able to help. So you should really try to reach out. And then giving yourself a break, you deserve it. Plus, if you have an ailing family member that might benefit from someone else's company, just think about taking a break, getting some respite care by some friends or relatives or volunteers. You can really use a break when things are getting out of control and there are a lot of opportunities and resources out there. And you don't forget, you need to deal with your feelings. Bottling up your emotions takes a toll on your psyche and even on your physical well-being. You need to share your feelings and frustrations with friends and family if you have that kind of support or find a life coach because unloading some of that stuff and learning how to deal with them is the best way to kickstart your life. You need to find time to relax too. Don't forget about that. Taking walks, meditating, um, using any kind of deep breathing or visualizing um, techniques to help you relax. And also getting organized. Some people just get stressed out because they're not organized. So there are a lot of simple tools to prior, prioritize your life and prioritize your, or, your responsibilities. So once you're feeling organized, you're going to feel so much better. Then there's saying no. Just saying no to people. Sometimes you just have to put yourself first and stop saying yes to everyone. So practice saying no sometimes. Try to stay positive. 
and do your best to avoid as much negativity as possible. So those are just some of my tips and I wanted to really just share that with you because there's a lot of stress going on in the world right now and there's a lot of different reasons why there's stress. You know, I talk about work stress a lot and caregiver stress and all of these things can apply to any kind of stress that you're having. So just pay attention to how you're feeling and what you're doing and reach out to me if you really want to step it up a little bit and get some life coaching. I would be honored to help you. So you all have a great day and take advantage of some of the things I talked about earlier, self-love day and embrace your power. Go on my Facebook page and you'll find everything there. Have a great day. Bye-bye.